So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about things from the inside out. We're going to talk about um, having a heart of worship. So I'm going to read to you guys what the world actually defines as worship in the dictionary. Okay, this is actually pretty amazing because it says. Um, worship to honor or show reverence for a divine or supernatural power god checks both those boxes right um to regard with great or extravagant respect honor and devotion it's pretty amazing so even the world basically acknowledges worship is for the lord and not just a little bit it's over the top extreme amazing devotion i read that and i thought Man, we got we got Webster's Dictionary preaching the gospel right here. You know, because it could have just said, you know, reverence for something. But it said divine, which we know God is. He's the only divine. Supernatural. He's way above the natural. So they, they just talked about him, and I just thought, that's amazing. You know, but we think, usually when we think about worship, we think, oh, we're just singing to God. When someone says, oh, I was worshiping. Oh, you were singing songs to God? Oh, you go to church, that you're a worshiper, you go to church. And and I even sometimes explain, they're like, oh, you know, I worship the Lord. What is that? When when we talk to someone, they think, oh, you sing, you go to church, that's a worshiper. But according to Webster Dictionary, and according to God's word, that's that's just a piece of what worship is. It's just so much more than that. And I, and I started thinking about, you know, we can attend every single service. You know, we can be excited about every song we sing. You know, I love that. There, we have you know, so many talented people that God has given gifts. You can hold a position in every ministry. You can quote every scripture. You can be a stellar volunteer. And we can do all of that without a heart of worship. <laughs> that wasn't as exciting. <laughs> Think about that. You can do all of that without even having any worship to the Lord. You can show up on time. You can volunteer for everything. You can know the Bible back in front and still not give any glory to the Lord. Now are you all excited about this? I promise there's more. Because worship is an inward, an inward act before it becomes that outward overflow. It has to be in here. First you have to get a new heart, which we know comes from calling on the name of the Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't want the life that the world has offered me. I want you. I want you. That's the first act. Then you can actually begin to worship because it's an inward thing. You have, you have the spirit of the Lord living in you, the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to really understand what worship is. And now all the things we do are just becoming the overflow of who we are and what we were created for. So on any given day, our adoration, our devotion is given to something or someone. And sometimes it's not God. Let's be honest. Even as believers, sometimes it is not God. But we are giving that somewhere every day. To be honest, it could be your careers, it could be your hobbies, it could be your spouse, your children, you know, sports teams, whatever. We could be giving, you know what I mean, our devotion somewhere else. Now, don't be like, oh, she doesn't want us to love our families. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes when we put our families before God, that's scary. That's actually really scary because we're not really that great at doing everything perfect all the time. You know, we're not, we can't really protect people every moment, everywhere they are. 
we can't provide above and beyond just ourselves. We have human limitations, you know, and is physical. So, you know, I don't want to make, you know, I love my family. I love the things, but I need to make sure my devotion is going to the Lord. You know, we, we begin to devote all of our time, you, you know, when our kids, especially when our kids are young, you know, events, practices, games, we, we'll put all that time into there, and we make it to work on time. How many of you guys make it to work on time every day? Yeah, you are devoted to being there because you are devoted to getting a paycheck, right? Because you give your receipt, you know. We're, we're devoted to that. We lavish our children, our spouses with hugs and affection. We just keep pouring it out. We talk about them. We post pictures. We do all of that. Which are, which are great. But then we begin to wonder why. Why won't my kids worship God? Why won't my family worship God? Why, does it, why do I not feel this? You know, why don't my kids like worship? Why don't they like going to church? I have, I've talked with so many parents that, you know, their kids hit teenage years and they're like, oh, I don't want to serve God anymore. Well, were you just going to church and, and serving and making it about music and that? Or were you devoting your life to the Lord? Were you giving him all glory and honor? And we wonder why. Why is, why is this not, why is it so hard? We have to worship the Lord. But you know what? When we're wondering why is this not working out? But you know, we taught ourselves, we taught our families who and how and what to worship. If we worship our job, guess what's going to happen to the next generation? What do you think your kids are going to worship? No, if you worship your job, I say, if you worship your job, what are your kids going to worship? Money, right? Stuff, things. If you worship sport teams, when it comes to say, hey, I need to go to church because, you know what, God has something for me and something for me to do. But I say, no, i got to stay home and watch this game because this is my big, you know what? What are your kids going to do? And then we're all mad because our kids don't worship the Lord, but we taught them. We taught them. We were mad, Lord, why am I not feeling this? Because, you know, we've taught ourselves to put our devotion somewhere else. Even seasoned believers have seasons of that where we got to be like, I'm spending all my time and my devotion and my love and everything is going towards something else. What you talk about all the time, that's where your devotion is going to. I mean, with your family, it's so easy. With my family, it's like I could could worship my family in a second because it's so easy because you love them, right? And there's nothing wrong with talking good about your family and loving them and spending time. But is God are you leading them out in the front and saying first the Lord everything else then everything else we got to think of how we have taught people we cannot be frustrated and upset with this world as Christians at times we have taught them how to worship things and jobs and other things. So we cannot be mad at people who do not know the Lord and say, why don't you worship God? Well, we need to look and say, what are we doing? What have we taught them? What have we walked out? Have we walked out worship so that they can see that on us? 
this is hard. I know, church, I'm, not, I'm usually fun and exciting, and you guys like to hear me speak. But I'm, what I'm saying is we have, a, we have some things to do, too. We have some things to do, and we can't be frustrated that things are happening or not going the way, or we can't be mad that people you know, won't call in the name of Jesus because we are part of that. We have some responsibility. We're in the kingdom. God said, I'm sending you out, so now we have some responsibility. We have some responsibility in that. You know, I, I started thinking, we, we, we sang this song today, and it says, our affection, our devotion poured out on your feet, Jesus, right? I mean, you guys like that. That looks, when you're in there, when you're worshiping that, you're like, yes, Lord, I'm giving. In here, it's really easy to be like, everything is to you, Lord. But really, sometimes in our life, it's our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of my sports team. My affection, my devotion poured out on my career. My affection, my devotion poured out on my family. None of those are bad things, but they don't deserve our worship. Jesus does. Jesus does. As we begin to move and tweak those things, we'll realize, you know what? If I change where my affection and devotion is and I put it on Jesus, all of those things will receive the overflow of affection and I'll be devoted to my family too because they will be encompassed under the spirit of the living God. If we want generations past us, you know, sometimes I think about what's going to happen like with my grandkids or my great-grandkids. Like, Lord, like, I've, we've opened a floodgate. We can't take back our generational line, right? I don't know what's going to happen two, three, four generations from now in my family. But I, I would hope, I would want, I want generations past, you know, people on this earth right now to know Jesus, to know how to live kingdom, how to carry peace, how to be joy-filled, you know, and have victorious atmospheres. But we have to teach them, and we must participate in that ourselves. Does that, does that make sense? We have to be active participants in this um, and begin to position our hearts to worship. Position our hearts to worship, you know, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I just thought about it, and I was like, okay, Lord, like, I want to share this because I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say? And the Lord's like, well, I don't want condemnation. So I know this is like a heavy subject I'm talking about, but the Lord's like, you can't, you have to want it so that they can level up and go into all the earth, so that they can actually walk in their destinies. If you don't share my truth, that's what God was speaking to me. If you don't share my truth, which is the truth, then you are actually, you know, basically stealing from the body of Christ. You are stealing from humanity because this was for everybody. Because a lot of times we like to have the worship and the anointing of God. It feels really good when it's in your household and in your family. And sometimes we forget that that needs, we need to step out of there too so others can experience that. So what if we began to take note? What if we began to look at and say, where am I showing honor and reverence? What am I showing honor and reverence for? Become aware 
of what may be taking God's place in our heart. It is it is a difficult thing because you think when things are going good and you're doing all the right things, you're ticking all the boxes, you think, oh, God's at the center of my heart. Dig a little deeper, you're like, Facebook at the center of my heart. <laughs> Oops. The sports team. Making sure the fear of missing out. I feel like that is definitely something that hovers over humanity is we want to do all of these things because the fear of missing out. You know, that's why like, you know, got to take a picture. Oh my gosh, my kid did this. You know, we don't experience anything because we're so busy. Like got to make sure that I don't miss out on this and this and this. And then we're missing out on hearing from the Lord. And we don't even realize it. What is taking place? God's place. Do not, do not, do not. I don't want my computer to restart. The great thing is when we find something there, and we will, something that maybe crept in there and tried to make a little residence um, and, and take that time from the Lord, we all have those moments. When we find it, the great thing is, is that we can continually run back to God and say, God, I repent. guess what? Help me shift. Put this back. I want to be, I want you to be back in the right spot in my heart. I want you to be at the top and everything else is underneath. That's the great thing. No matter how many times we find that, God's like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Come on. He never says, well, that's too many times. Well, you put that before me. You know what? See how that works out for you. He doesn't do that. So I'm going to read in Psalms 100, a short psalm about Thanksgiving. And it says, shout joyfully to the Lord. Come on. That's right. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with song and thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name. For the Lord is good. He is mercy and loving kindness and everlasting, or his mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. Come on. There's a lot going on in that little psalm. So how do we change the atmosphere? If you want the culture to change so that it becomes normal, to be a continual worshiper of the Lord, first we got to change the atmosphere. And when that becomes normal, then it begins to change culture. It's culture is, it just happens because you're so used, you're, you're doing it and you're so used to it. It just becomes the culture. I want the culture, not of just my home to be worshiping of the Lord. I want it to be, you know, our towns, our cities, our countries, our nations, the world. That's the goal. We want cult, we want that culture to spread, not just from our home, but across the globe so how do we change we got to change our atmosphere to change the culture into a culture of worship and to position our hearts so I look back up at that Psalms and it it said a lot of things it said shout joyfully to the Lord we're going to shout people should know who you serve by your actions and words people should know they should not be like oh I wonder if they know Jesus they should know by your actions and words because it says shout joyfully to the lord don't worry about whether they like who you serve that's not your problem but people should know i always this is what i always ran into 
I worked in the school for 10 years, and I would have parents come up to me and say, I know you know Jesus. I, some of these people I didn't even talk to. They said, I know because my child has come home and this, this, and this. And I thought, that's what I want, Lord. I want people to know without me ever saying Jesus, Bible, or God, that people know who I serve. And that's, he's saying, if you shout joyfully to the Lord, don't be scared that someone's going to know you're a Christian. Everyone should know you're a Christian by your actions. And I love that old song. They will know we are Christians by our love. Remember? Anyone that's, if you, I learned that from my husband. I didn't know any of those songs, but you know, they will know you're Christians by your love. So we need to shout, you know, don't be embarrassed when you sing praise to the king. And then it says in the second verse, serve the Lord. Serve, do something. Do something. And not just do it, God says enjoy it. Enjoy serving, doing things for others and for the kingdom. When you do something God wants you to do, that's serving and furthering the kingdom. And he says you're supposed to do it, it says, with gladness and delight. Not begrudging and complaining and being like, Oh, no one else ever serves. I have to show up every single week on time, and these people come at 10.05 or whatever. I'm just, that was just a joke. But, um, <laughs> but if the Lord says, you're welcome to come anytime after 8.30. But what I'm saying is we further the kingdom, it is joyful. It is fun. It is good. And that's how we know we are serving a king, and we are really worshiping him when we can do it with joy and not begrudgingly. We know that's an act of worship and not ourselves. So, and then it says, know and fully recognize with gratitude the Lord himself is God. So that means we got to know who we are in Christ. We're created in God's image. You know, Christ died on the cross for us, and we have him living in us. We have the Holy Spirit. So we have to walk through, we can't walk through life with an identity crisis. He's saying know and recognize, know and recognize, you know, who I am, because that is pertinent. That means, you know, we, we begin to know who he is when we, when we build community together like this. When, when we, we go to church and we hear testimonies and, and we see words of knowledge coming through and, and we come together and we pray for people that we have not even met yet. God is doing that. He's saying, this is who you really are. You are omnipresent with me. That means a prayer that you have here today can transcend anywhere across the globe because you become omnipresent because I am not omnipresent because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Spend time with him. Recognize, recognize who you were created to be because who you were created to be was in God's image. If we begin to understand that just knowing who we are creates an atmosphere of worship. Just really knowing who we are. That's really good. And then he says, enter his gates. I love that. Enter. Be thankful in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words. That means give praise and glory to God. You know, I have a lot of people say, man, I just love your family. I love your kids. You have great kids. But, you know, I say, you know why? It is because I've just followed what God has said because he gets all the glory. Because on my own, it would be a mess. Anything in my life, I'm thinking, you know, Sue, she's not here today, but every time I see her and she's, we would talk about things, she said, I do not know how people go through life without Jesus. She said, I, I, I would have been gone long ago. I would have been crushed down, broken, defeated. 
And that really is, is enter his gates and be thankful. Even in the hard times, it's like, Lord, I am thankful. I love you. You know, you, you're giving me breath every day. If that's all I can thank you for, like nobody else is doing that. You are doing that, Lord. You are giving me the ability to have life. And just be so thankful for what God is and let him know. That's what praise is. It says it's going to open the gates. Every floodgate, every blessing, all the favor, all the glory, all the mercy comes flowing out to you because you opened the gates with your praise and thanksgiving. You know, and it says be thankful. And then I like it then. It says, for the Lord is good. His mercy and, and loving kindness are everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. Here's, here's the part that receive mercy receive forgiveness God offered it to you we need to receive it we need to receive it don't beat yourself up if you sucked at living life okay well you know what say guess what I did not I made a lot of mistakes but you know what God thank you for your mercy thank you for your grace thank you for forgiveness because now I'm going to do this I'm worshiping the Lord by not saying, oh, I'm just not good enough. No, no, no. That's not how we worship. Worship the Lord when the Lord's like, this is who I created you to be, and you begin to walk in it, and you begin to receive what he has given you. He's like, that is an act of worship, and it will position your heart back into the right place. So we don't have to worry about if we've been putting things in our heart. We don't have to worry because God always, he's like, here's the easy way back. It's so easy. You don't have to, it doesn't have to take years or months. You don't have to figure, figure everything out and fix everything to get back to put me at the center. He said, we'll do that along the way. Put me at the center and those things just begin to fall back into place. Because God knows what needs to move, what needs to go, what needs to happen. He knows what's coming next. He knows every season. He knows every circumstance that's coming at you. Sometimes we're like, Lord, could you let me know ahead? He's like, you know ahead, you're going to mess it up even worse. <laughs> we got this, you know. Like, if I let you know, you ever think, I always love when they said, worry is a down payment on a problem you never had. I have, I literally have been in debt to worries at times. And then it never happens. Worried about, I remember, I'm going to share this story. So me and Matt were out in Utah and like, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm gonna, we're going to fly into Muskegon. And it was great. It was good because I'm like, I don't have to drive as far. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, like, the flights were being all weird. This is a couple years ago. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if we miss our flight? If we don't get our connection flight and I'm supposed to work Saturday morning and there's no other flight from here to there and I'm, we're going to have to rent a car and I'm going to have to drive from Chicago and I promise these people and nobody else can work for me. And I'm like, so I did not sleep the whole night. And he's like, it's going to be fine. And it was, and we got in early, and it had, like, a great flight, and nothing went wrong, and there was no delays. But I spent my entire night and was so exhausted, because I'm like, what if? You were right. Sure, I didn't choke on that. He has to get recorded because usually I'm right. No, I see. I think the easiest thing we joke around with that, but I'm 
I'm a person that God just, I've learned over my life is put your failures out there, Lord, Sarah, because when God, God's like, now I can have something I can work with. You're going to hide it. I can't get, you know, you're going to keep it in the box. I got to wait for you to take it out. Get it out there so we can, we can work on it and move forward. That's how I always think about. So then the next time I was like, you know, I'm not going to worry about this. It's going to be good. And I didn't have to think about it again. So, but just giving it to the Lord, because God wants your heart. You know, he wants to continually make sure that you are positioned in this place of worship. That's why, you know, you know, our life, we dedicated it to him. We chose that. He didn't make us. He didn't make us serve him. He didn't make us accept Jesus. We chose that. We chose that, which means that our affection, our devotion, our honor should be towards him. We don't get to do take backsies, give backsies. I don't like it right now. <laughs> I'm owed this. No, God is owed the honor and respect. You're like, people don't respect me. People don't. They need to show honor. You know what? First show honor to the Lord, and guess what? It will just come back to you because you will be under the umbrella of his glory. That's so good. I understand that sometimes our priorities, our directions, you know, deviate from a position where our heart should be. We've all been there. I understand that that is real life. We're not going to pretend. I think pretending, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know why I'm saying this, but okay, Lord. I think Christians pretending has been the reason that so many people have went to hell. Pretending everything is good, and then when people come into the kingdom, the enemy attacks and life still happens. They're like, this isn't a good God. Because we actually, we just introduced him to Jesus, and we never really showed people how to come before the throne and lay it at the feet of Jesus. And say, I'm going to worship you, Lord, in all circumstances. And, and so people, they only see the victory part. And God's like, no, I need to see, they need to see the broken part of what I can do. I can do a lot more with broken than I can do with victorious. There's something to do. He's already victorious. You can't go higher than the Lord. But if, he, if someone sees something that is broken and see you went from here to there, you know there's a God. And I'm going to worship someone who will do that. So we get there. We, we've all had our priorities, our directions, things, our devotion has been put in different places. So what do I do, Lord? What can I do when I'm there? What can we do when we get there? I'm going to tell you. I got it from the word. Psalms 100, guys, come on. But what can we do? When we're in that spot where we wake up, we might wake up one day and say, you know, I've been going to church every week and I've been singing and it's just been words. And all I think about is, what am I going to do after I get out? Where's the best place for lunch? Did I forget to turn this off? Oh, these people are jumping around and I don't like this and this is the way I want. And da, da, da. You know, not that any of us in here have ever had those thoughts during worship. But when I get there, Lord, what do I do to, when I realize my heart has opened room for things that are beside you? What can I do? So these are practical things. It's where I told you how to get your heart back in, you know, sing to the Lord, be joyful, enter his gates. But these are practical things. If you're a person that's like, my brain works like 
like, you say A, and this is how you B and C, okay? Like, how do I do this? So I thought, okay, Lord, what can we do? The first thing is worship him through music. That's easy because we all already think that's what worship is. Worship him through music. Shout, glory, praise, whatever it is. You know, give him worship in that time. Not like, oh, man, this is my favorite song, so I will sing during this. And and this one isn't, so, you know, I'm going to sit here like this or whatever it is. Just worship him, you know. Like it says, sing praise joyfully to the Lord. Just, you know what? Don't worry about anyone else that's in there to him. He says, just sing. It doesn't even have to be here. It can be at your home. Sometimes that's the best time is when it's just you and the Lord. So easy. God, I don't know how to get you back. You know what? Lord, I'm just going to sing. I don't, even it's the same words. There's times it's just one word you're singing. There's times I've just been like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm just singing. I'm just, that's all I got. And the Lord's like, I love it. It's a beautiful song. And the second thing is, really adore him. When you adore something, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, Lord, I love you. Lord, you are so good to me. You are so kind to me. God, you have brought me through everything that has happened up to this point. God, I just love you. Thank you for Jesus. You are kind. You are generous. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I just adore you. Just telling him that you love him. That's that's how you adore something. You know, like, you might feel that when you first meet that significant other, your husband-to-be or your wife-to-be, like, oh, you're just so great. I just love you. You're so beautiful. You're so, and you know what I mean? That's what we need to stay in with the Lord. That's, we're adoring him with all the, like, God, you are so good. You're so generous. You're so merciful. You're so loving. You're so kind. I just love you, Lord. So when you're having the worst day of your life, just turn it and say, I'm not going to think about anything else. All I'm going to do is say, I love you, Jesus. God, I know you're with me. God, you are merciful. That is how we adore. That is how we adore the Lord. And the next thing is, another practical thing is, serving other people. It's a great act of worship. It's a great act of worship. You know, God says in his word, he loves a cheerful giver. He says the first will become last and the last will become first. Jesus came to this earth not to be served, but to serve. If Jesus came for that and we are created in his image and we are followers of Christ, should we be receivers or givers? Like you're going to sometimes receive because you receive from Christ, but your serving should be. Whenever I'm down, I always told um, I've had numerous conversations, you know, in our household, and whenever someone's feeling down or they're feeling like they just aren't good enough or they're just having a bad day, I said, you know, you need to go give and serve somebody. You need to do something for someone else. Send a message. Go do something. I said, it will change. I said, the spirit of depression cannot be. When you serve, joy is released. It is, I don't, it is a biblical principle that, like, you cannot, it, those type of things will not stand in the presence of a servant's heart. And I, I went through life, and I realized that I'm like, you know, people who serve other people are joyful. And I thought, that's because that's what is in the heart of worship. Because God, you know, serves. He gave us life. You know, he's always doing for us. He goes before us. That is what creation was made for, was to serve. So an easy way, you know, when you're feeling like I have nothing Go down to a soup kitchen and serve people who have nothing. Then you're like, oh, my gosh, I have everything. I have everything, right? We go on mission trips because, you know, it kind of wakes you up. Like, 
I thought like, oh, I don't have this and this, and why can't I have this, and why can't I, you know, give this to my kids, and why do they make more than me? And, and then you go there, and you're like, Lord, if I had one hundredth of what I have now, it would be more than what these people are living with. And you begin to serve, and your heart becomes joyful, doesn't it? And then you're like giving everything. You take your shoes off. I, I know people on mission trips, they bring everything, and they give everything. They go back on the airplane without shoes, without jackets, everything, because it's like, I just want to give more and more. Because your heart, I mean, I think that's how God is. So, like, it's natural for us to begin to do that. Like, you want to serve, so you want to serve more and more. And so that's an easy way, is when you're feeling like, man, Lord, I don't know why. My heart is just kind of hard or, or I'm struggling to worship you, serve people. Serve. Now this is the one I think that is a little bit difficult at times, um, but we can do it. Say, I can do it. Got your mission before I said what it was. Death and life for the power of the tongue, and you already spoke it. Trust God. Trust above everything, above your circumstances, our jobs, our education, and everything, trust that his ways are higher. Quit talking about the circumstances so much that the enemy is choosing where you're going. Say, God, this looks scary, and God's like, I know, but I will calm the storm. There will not be loss of life. God said that so many times. But instead, we're like, Lord, do you see the storm? I mean, look what they did to Jesus. Jesus, do you see the storm? He's on a boat. I'm pretty sure he could feel the storm. He just was not really worried about it. Right? But instead, we're like, the storm, 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 the storm. Do you know you have Jesus? You've been walking with him for all these years. You've seen him do miracles, and you're worried about a storm. And we think, well, we don't know what would be like. We have that exact, we're exactly in the same boat. Jesus is living in us, so we have him with us. So every storm we go through, and we're freaking out and telling everybody over and over about our storm. There's times we need to share, like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just feeling down. I don't know what God's going to do. And you just need to vent. And then people are like, yeah, I'm sorry this is happening. And then they give you, you know, tools to get back into, like, being encouraged by the word. But if every time you're like, look at my storm, look at my storm, look at my storm, look at my storm. Have you seen my storm? It's a really big storm. It's huge, ginormous. Have you seen my storm? My storm, my storm, my storm, my storm, my storm. People are like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going back to Jesus because he's not with that. Right? Shut up about your storm. That was mean, Sarah. How do you want me to say it, Lord? Oh, I said it. That's louder. Wake Jesus up in your storm. <laughs> there we go. Wake Jesus up in the storm. See how, you know, getting up here, you, I love it because, you know what, I plant everything with the Lord, and he says, do you want to listen to me or do you want to go by your notes? Because, you know, I get it wrong. You just watch me be like, say what I want to say. And the Lord's like, that's not what I want to say. That's how easy it is. Like when you say something, even even if it's a momentary thing that doesn't, God's like, yeah, that's a little harsher, but I got the way. It's Jesus. But we got to quit talking about 
our storms over and over and say, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Lord, I'm really sad. I'm, I just need to talk for a minute. And Lord's like, bring it to my feet. Tell me every bad thing. And, you know, it's like, we could, oh, that's so sad. And God's just like, oh, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. I love you so much. You know, and he listens to us. And he said, yeah, now go do this. Trust me. Do you not trust me? Do you not trust that I'm going to provide for you? So God comforts us. And then he says, now do you trust me? I heard you. I heard, you know, think about David. He loved the Lord. But he goes, Lord, where are you? Oh, everyone's mean to me. And God's like, I oh, know, it's okay. Now be quiet and let me tell you what we're going to do. And he did. <laughs> and his whole, you know, Jesus came through his lineage. That's pretty amazing. But God still allowed him that little, like, wah. You know, so don't be afraid if you're aware. I'm aware, like, every time. And then the Lord has to be like, could you just please wake Jesus up? You know, because this is getting ridiculous. Wake Jesus up. Wake him up and say, there's a storm coming. What should we do next? I know we're going to be okay, but is there anything I should be doing? Is there anything I should change? Should we let out the anchor? Should we pull it up? Should we be moving? Should we stay still for a minute? You know? Should we cover? What should we cover? What should we expose? And he's like, oh, great, yeah, I see this storm, you know, you're going to go here. That, how good would that be if we trusted that? We weren't scared of the storm, but we just were like, hey, are you aware of the storm? He's like, yeah, now, here, I'm going to lead your steps. So good. Trusting him. Trust, 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 trust that his ways are higher. And the, and the last thing that I think is very practical is surrendering our will to him. Sometimes it has to be a verbal, like, Lord, I'm going to surrender this to you. Because we'll want to. We all want to, right? No one's like, I don't want to surrender to the Lord. His ways are not higher. Like, I don't think anyone in this room feels like that. If you do, we will lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We'll get that worked out. <laughs> but we want to surrender to his ways. We know his ways are higher. You know, it can be done. God can do anything. You know, whatever whatever we think is is too big we can know that god i need to just surrender it to you so your ways are higher i want to hold this unforgiveness of what somebody did to me and god says no i want you to surrender that and with that oh that's really good the lord said in that so he said i want you to have on un- I don't want you to have unforgiveness. I want you to release that. And when you release, when you forgive, he said, I want you to also surrender your pain to me. I feel like God is saying that today. When you forgive, I also want you to surrender. You don't just forgive and submit, surrender that to the Lord. Said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you said, and I'm going to forgive people. The Lord said, you also surrender that pain and that hurt and that bitterness that was attached to that, that also gets surrendered to him. That is... I feel like the Lord is just moving today because he's got, oh, when we do that, we need to surrender to him. That is an act of worship when we're like, Lord, this is hard. I cannot see, and I'm worried about my family, and I'm worried about where I'm going next, and I, I'm worried about this and that, and the Lord's like, could you just give it to me? And you blindly hand it to him, and you don't know where you're going. You know, putting on that blindfold and like, okay, I trust that you're not, you know, I mean, if, if, if I said, hey, I want someone to blindfold me and, you know, walk me through this, 
I would choose someone that I trust to walk me through because I don't want, you know, if, if it was like one of my brothers, I would not choose them because they're going to make me walk into every chair, wall, everything because they're brothers. Let me right. We got brothers in the hoggers. But you know what I mean? I'm going to choose someone. Who would I? I feel like I would choose Lana. I feel like Matt would also think it would be funny to have me walk into things. <laughs> so maybe I would, you know. You know there's, so you got to think. Who am I going to surrender to? Who better than the Lord? Who better than the Lord? If I have to walk blind in this and I don't know what's happening, I'm not choosing a brother. I'm going to choose the Father. I'm going to choose the Father. That is. Those are just a few ways that we can just express worship to the Lord. Just a few ways. But you go in God's word. There's so many more. God's like, bring worship to me. Worship is just a divine appointment with God over and over in your life. If we're to worship here corporately, worshiping through song, don't be hindered by what you like and what you don't like. God doesn't care. God doesn't care if you have a great voice or you don't have a good voice. God doesn't care if you are an outward, really charismatic person or you are a really reserved person. God, he is not judging any of that. It is your heart. What are we here for? Don't worry about what others are doing or what they're not doing. What is God asking of you? What is God asking of you? Guess what? Because when you get in line with your heart is positioned to worship the Lord, you get to experience. Don't worry if other people are experiencing. You get to experience when the spirit is moving, flowing, and where it is going and what God is doing. It is not our job to be like, everybody needs to know where the Spirit is moving. I'm going to tell you, hey, did you feel the Spirit move? Yes, guess what? If they're hard suspicion to the Lord, they'll feel that. They'll experience that. That's why it's really important that this is an inward thing coming out. You cannot teach worship. You cannot make people worship. Does that make, that's what I mean, but you can't make them. I could put a song up here and stand behind you. You better sing louder, louder, clap right now. Raise your, raise your hand, both of them, both of them. Get them up there. Would that be weird? That would be so weird. <laughs> I want to go to that church. They're grabbing my hand and like holding them up and be like, you better worship. Dance, dance, run around. Do it. Do it right now. You can't make people worship. You go and serve people and you, you be happy about it. Oh my gosh. That's what I always love. You take your kids somewhere um, fun and like, you have little kids, guess what? Anytime you take them somewhere fun, you're all excited. You think it's going to be perfect. Like, let's say you take them to the zoo or you, like Disney World or somewhere like big, and you're really, you're more excited than them. You're excited to watch them through this experience. And you know what they do? They throw a fit. Hey, Maggie, are you naked? And they're crying. You're like, you better stop. You better have fun right now. <sighs> yeah, that's going to make them have fun, you know, when you're like shaking them. You better stop this. I put all this time in here for you to love it. Love it now. Not that I haven't done that numerous times throughout my life, and I thought back, and I'm thinking, whew, God's probably thinking, uh-uh, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. We can't make people worship. We can't make people do anything, you know? Ask a two-year-old, they got something in their mouth, you better spit that out. Literally, it is like the jaws of lion's jaw. You are not opening that for anything. And I'm like, what the heck? You try to get in there, you don't, now they call you, you know? You, you know, you're, you are eight digits left because you tried twice. They, you lost your fingers. And it's like, 
how are they this strong? They're like 20 pounds. Maybe 30 pounds. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we can't make people worship. That's why it has to come from inside. It has to come from, you know, the Holy Spirit. And we begin to, we begin to position and change and adjust and learn how to repent and learn how to be thankful and, and praise and things like that. That's what it does. And when we do that, it just seems to open that floodgate. When we're positioned to worship, it seems like we hear so much easier from the Lord. I love it when, you know, just being up here, when, when my heart is open, I can hear what God is saying all the time. When, my, when it's about what I want to do, I feel like, man, I just feel like God's not speaking to me. That's nothing to do with it. God is always speaking to you. It's where our position of our heart to hear. If I whisper and you're outside the building, you're probably not going to hear that whisper, are you? But if you're right here and I say, Marcy, you're so beautiful, you know, you can hear that, right? It's the position of our heart. It's the position of our heart. Where are we? Because worship is less about the display and more about what's truly going on inside. It's truly about what, where is our heart of worship? Is it flowing out of us in all these different ways? We don't worship God because we're good or our life is going well. I love, you know, worship, it's good. God is taking care of all these things. That's great. But we don't worship God just because our life is going well. We worship God because he is good. That's it. We worship God because he is good. Not because our life is going well, things are going our way, you know, he's blessed us. We don't even worship him because he's blessed us. We worship him because of who he is, just who he is. And when we remember that, our hearts will be full, and, and those, all those other things don't seem as important anymore. But I just want to loop around one last thing. When I said those other things don't seem any important. When we worship God, he adds everything to us. All of a sudden, our family is under that umbrella of that worship. And they're in, they're in, it's like it's like this pool, and when you worship God, he just keeps adding everything to it, and we're just saturated. Your job, your employment, you know what I mean? It Everything begins to be under that because God was first, and God's not like, well, I just want you to worship me. Don't think about anything. Don't take care of your family. Don't go to work. Don't do anything. It's all about me. No, God says it's all about me, so everything else so that you can have heaven on earth. It's all about me, so everything will be added to you. So that the kingdom will spread, not just, you know, he, it's not just a king. You need, you need people in the kingdom to have a king. If there's nobody serving you, you ain't a king. If there's no kingdom, there's, that's just somebody walking around with a crown being weird. <laughs> you know, if I just put a crown on, that don't make me king. You gotta have people who follow and serve and, and are part of the kingdom. And that's what God says. He's like, I'm the king. This is the and Jesus is king. It is the kingdom. And when you when you serve Jesus, you serve the king, everything in the kingdom is added to you. That's good. So I just challenge you guys, just begin to position your hearts. Some of the things I said was like, whew, it, it cut a little bit, and the Lord's like, Yeah, I'm just cutting that out so that you can live in fullness.
So don't let, don't let your heart get all like, oh, I didn't like that. God's like, yeah, I'm cutting that part out because you know what? You don't need to like it. You need to keep giving glory to me. Put your focus on me. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. Don't even worry about what's coming in the future, God says. Position our heart because God's, that is where life, all life is in the Lord. Let's pray.